No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where people's sins separated them from God so that justice was far from them. But the Lord would redeem Zion and put His words in their mouths. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 59 on Simply the Bible. Humans have a natural propensity to sin. We sin because we are born sinners, but sin has negative effects. Sin separates us from God. Unless something is done about it, we cannot know God. We cannot have a relationship with God. Some people think that they have a relationship with God because they pray. But if their sins have not been forgiven, then God is not listening to their prayers and they are self-deceived. That was the condition of Israel in Isaiah's day. We continue today in Isaiah chapter 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. Now, apparently they had been praying, but it didn't seem as though God was answering them. So they said, well, God must not be listening or his hand must be too short to save. And God says, no, that's not the case. Your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you. You see, this is the problem with sin. It interrupts our relationship with God. It puts a dividing wall between us and our communion with the Lord so that God hides his face from those who are practicing unconfessed sin. Your hands are defiled with blood. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. That is, you've said things that would cause people to depart from the way. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. God really lays it on them, all of the iniquities that they have committed. No one is calling for justice. God was marveling as he looked upon them, and there was nobody calling for justice or pleading for truth, but rather they just trusted in empty words. Now, I see this so much happening today. People hear something, it makes them feel good. They don't really bother to examine it, whether or not there's any truth to what's being said. They just put their trust in empty words. God said, you conceive evil and give birth to iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. So they are hatching vipers' eggs. Okay, this would speak of the things that they're producing could be false teaching. But the problem was that whatever they produced, the people that ate of it, they would die. It had a deadly effect. 
they would weave spiders' webs. Now, you think about how people will put a spin on their actions. They'll try to cover over them with their own lies so that people don't really know what they're up to. But God said, you cannot cover yourselves with the webs that you spin. They're just foam. They're not going to do you any good. They're not going to protect you from my watchful eye. I see right through all of it. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. So not only did they commit sin, they were running to evil. They were pursuing it. And all he thought about were Thoughts of iniquity, so that destruction then was in their paths. Listen, if you meditate on doing something evil, then destruction is coming, and that destruction will destroy you and others around you. The way of peace they had not known. Earlier, Isaiah said that there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Finally, there is no justice in their ways. Now, Paul making the case that there is no one who is righteous, but we are all condemned as sinners before God's holy law, he quotes this passage in Romans 3.15, saying, Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's ultimately man's problem. When we don't fear God, then we do whatever we want, But if we would fear God, then we would hate evil. Now, beginning in verse 9, Isaiah identifies with Israel and begins to confess their sins. To confess means to agree with God concerning our sins. The Holy Spirit convicts us through the truth of his word. But we must say, that is true, Lord, and agree with him. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But without confession, there can be no forgiveness. Now, we commit our sins one at a time. Therefore, we should confess them one at a time. Verse 9, therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness for brightness, but we walk in blackness. See, if you love your sin, which then separates you from God, then there's no justice because God is just. He's the only one who has justice, and therefore justice is far from us, Isaiah said. Nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there's only darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday. As at twilight, we are as dead men in desolate places. So they were groping around like blind people. And that's the problem. If you turn away from God's light and his truth, then there's nothing left but the deeds of darkness. Now he says we are as dead men in desolate places. This reminds me of what David said during that year where he had committed sin with Bathsheba and then had Uriah put to death. In Psalm 32, 3, he said, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. 
like a dead man in a desolate place. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none for salvation. But it is far from us. Maybe you've known those who just have a temper. They're like an angry bear. Listen, it's not the Irish in you. It is the sin in you. (laughs) We moan like sad doves. They were dealing with the consequences of turning away from the Lord, of doing what was right in their own eyes and there being no justice. So now they were moaning as sad doves. We look for justice and salvation, but find none. For our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. And transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Now we hide nothing from God. Therefore, all our transgressions are piled up before him. And that's why no one will ever save himself by his own good works. Our works can never cover our sins. Only Christ's blood can do that. Imagine If each of the sins you ever committed was given a voice to testify against you on the day of judgment, everything, the Bible says, is naked before the one to whom we must give an account. Now, he said, we departed from our God. We have spoken oppression against those that we could oppress and revolt against those who were over us, you see. We've uttered words of falsehood from the heart. Jesus said that it's not what goes inside a person that defiles him, but what comes out of him, that is what comes out of his heart. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. You know, society is bad when truth falls in the streets and those who seek to depart from evil and do the right thing become the prey of the wicked. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Even though God's people had turned away from him, the Lord still wanted to bring them back. He loved them, but he marveled that there was no intercessor among them and nobody was standing in the gap to pray for them. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. God couldn't find anybody who would be an intercessor. Therefore, he brought about his own salvation. And how did he do that? Of course, he would do that through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Paul talks about putting on the full armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. And we see a parallel here. God put on righteousness as a breastplate and he put on a helmet of salvation. Then he clothed himself with vengeance and zeal against his adversaries. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, the coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. 
So because he would repay vengeance upon his adversaries, the distant nations will fear the Lord. When God raises up in judgment, people fear him. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I love that because there are times when truly the enemy, the devil, comes in like a flood of waters, but then the Spirit of the Lord will lift up this standard, which is the righteousness of Christ that we have through faith in him. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. God will bring forth his Redeemer, Jesus Christ, to Zion. This is spoken of in the book of Zechariah. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So despite the fact that they had sinned and their sins had separated them from God, God would be their redeemer. He would raise up salvation. He would make his covenant with them, which would be that his spirit would be upon them and his words would be in their mouths and in their children's mouths and in their grandchildren's mouths forevermore. And that is the wonderful covenant, the new covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that in the future, the glory of the Lord will rise upon Israel. The nations will come to her. God will be her everlasting light and her people will be righteous. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.